Awesome. So I'm going to go straight into the Word today. Um, just, uh, yeah, you guys can, can watch on, on the, the, the YouVersion app. It's also on the, on all my notes and things. So, um, yeah. So this last week we had, last week Thursday, we had Ascension Day. So that's normally the, the day, it's about 40 days um, after the the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and these it's actually quite a significant day for these four things what we what we get from this day. And number one is the people actually witnessed Christ leave before their eyes, being glorified and going up into heaven to sit on the right hand of our Father. So that's a big thing. They actually saw it and they witnessed it. This, this, the second thing is, now that he's there, he continually intercedes for us with the Father. How cool is that? He continually intercedes for us. And we can see that in Romans. I'll, I'll put some things on the scriptures on there. Romans 8 in Hebrews as well. The third thing is, we know from scriptures that the same way that he went up, he's going to come back one day. That's going to be rather exciting, if you are a child of God. If not, it might not be that exciting. Okay, so be ready. Number four is that he fulfilled his promise to us because he said in Acts, he said he's going to send us a helper. He's not going to leave us alone on earth to sit and try to figure out things on our own. He's going to send us a helper, which he did. He sent us Holy Spirit. Okay? Exciting? Yes. I will talk a little bit more about that. So I hope you, get, you guys get excited. Now he sent Holy Spirit spirit um, to us and the, um, and the Holy Spirit is like the, is, is the third person in what we, we believe as, as God so you get God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit Amen yeah. all three of them make up God so I'm going to speak today about Holy Spirit as our helper the helper sent by Jesus so my the title for today is The River of Life. The River of Life. Um, did you guys bring your Bibles? Yes. Please open up your Bibles or your Uvision notes to Ezekiel 47, and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. So, Ezekiel 47. So, those ones without Bibles, I hope you guys memorize Scripture, the Holy Ezekiel. If you did, awesome. <laughs> I'm impressed. Ezekiel 47, verse 1 to 12. Okay. And we're going to start from verse 1, and I'm going to read from the NLT. That's a New Living Translation. Okay. Verse 1. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the the door of the temple and 
passing to the right um, of the altar on its south side. So, in short, it's a, a, a vision that Ezekiel uh, uh, received from God. So this, this talks about things to come. It talks about literally physical things to come, but also some things that will happen in this spirit world. Okay. And verse 2. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. And verse 3. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for in the NLT, 1,750 feet, and then led me across. So, the water was up to my ankles. So, 1,750 feet, so feet divided by three gives you meters. So, that's about 580 meters. Actually worked it out yesterday, so. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I did it. No, I worked it out yesterday. Um, so that's about 580 meters that he walked, and the water was, was ankle deep. Verse 4, he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. So it's beginning to be a wide river, huh? After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then, the fourth time, then he um, measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So that's, I think, over two kilometers to the middle of the river. It's quite wide. Yeah. Verse 6. He asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. And then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. How cool is that? Verse 9. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Keep that in mind. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. The fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea. All the way from the Engedi to the Eglahim, the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. Verse 11. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. Verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. 
the leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on the branches. There will be a new crop every month. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. We also see that it's not just the temple, it's the sanctuary, it's the house of God. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. That's quite an intense vision that he saw. And it's a, 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 a prophecy that's now in scripture that speaks about things that will happen in the end times, in the times that we are, are entering now. It talks about that in the last days, there will be like a physical river that's that wide, over, well, if it's two to, to the middle, and it's four wide approximately, that it'll flow from Jerusalem into the Dead Sea. And it will take all the saltiness away from the Dead Sea and bring life. So the Dead Sea, they say it's about six times higher in salt content than the ocean. There's nothing in there that lives. Now this river will flow from Jerusalem into the Dead Sea. Now if you guys have been to Jerusalem, there is not really any water there. There is not any rivers there. So when this happens, it will be a sign of the miraculous provision of God. So hold on to internet and watch. Well, one day it will be there and you're like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. And, um, and like it said as well there, around this river there will still be swamps and uh, marshes. That's going to be salty. It's going to be dead. There's going to be no life in there. But again, it talks about God's full provision that will come. That because why we saw it, that it says that around this river, there's going to be lots and lots of trees for shade, but also for food. Lots of fruits that people can use for food. But also, the leaves will be used for healing. So God will provide in miraculous ways because it's not there now, but we knew it. Uh, we know it will be there soon. Amen? Amen. So, what does this river represent? Or let me let me say not what does the river represent, but more who does this river represent for us? Whenever we we read in scriptures anything about a river, about a water, about something like that, it is most likely that scripture talks about Holy Spirit. Amen? Why do I say that? Let's look at um, next scripture, John 7, verse 39, uh, verse 37 to 39. I can hear the pages turning. It's awesome. Verse 37 says the following. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Stephen, are you thirsty? 
Come, come. Melania, are you thirsty? Come. Who's, who else here is thirsty for Jesus? Amen. Amen. And he said, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me. So this is for believers. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart, from the heart of Jesus. It will enter the believers. Verse 39 says, when he, Jesus, when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. That was then, but now we know that he ascended into heaven, so he was glorified, so he sent his Holy Spirit. And like we said in Acts, we, we read in Acts 2, that the tongues of fire fell on every one, not on some, on all the believers, so we all can receive him. Um, John 4, verse 13 to 14. You're all there, John 4, verse 13 to 14. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. What water is that? It's this stuff here. Amen. <laughs> anyone who shouts for Real Madrid will not be satisfied, ever. Amen. So, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who, what? who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So this Water that he gives, that's his Holy Spirit that he gives. That's the indwelling that he lives within you and he works in you and through you. And then you will never be thirsty again. And there's going to come a time that we, we, we will see soon, and it, it has already started, that there will be unprecedented reviving from the dead. Because the Holy Spirit is coming, the water is rising, the river is flowing. Ezekiel 47 verse 7 to 9. We're just going to stay there as well for a little bit. Ezekiel 47 verse 7 to 9 where it says, When I returned, that's now... Ezekiel, so the, the angel took him back. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, that's now the, the angel that took him, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. I'm excited to see that. Verse 9, 
there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its water will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. So the water flows from Jerusalem through the desert to the Dead Sea. Now, have you guys seen the desert? If you take water and you throw it there, it just gone right into the sand. Not here. It's going to be too much. Not, not, not even the dry sand desert can stop the flow of the living waters that will be sent by God, the Holy Spirit. You can't stop him. The waters is rising. Make sure you're in it and not next to it. Everything will live where the water flows. So then the, the angel took Ezekiel back to the the river bank and what did he see there on the banks he saw lots of trees he saw wildlife he saw animals he saw abundance of things he saw flowers, trees, food everywhere where the spirit flows there is life amen Amen. So, whenever this water then flows and it touches the Dead Sea, it'll make the Dead Sea become fresh water and bring life. It'll heal the Dead Sea. Now, the, the Dead Sea represents what? Death. Because everything there is dead. But what do we know about our God? Let's, more specific, let's, let's ask, what do we know about Jesus specifically? What does he think about death? He overcame death. He conquered death. He is victorious of it. So not even death, something dead can stop him from moving and from changing it back and bringing life again. Amen? Amen. So yes, so that's the picture that we get from this, is wherever the Holy Spirit flows, He brings the life that we find in Jesus alone. And Jesus is victorious over death itself. But what we need to, to see in this um, script says as well, like, yes, there's, there's life and there's life in abundance and there becomes more life. There's more and more and more. But for some reason, there's also uh, um, the more life there is, the more we'll also see what things are dead. So next to this river, there's also masses and, um, and, and swamps. Let's read quickly Ezekiel 47 again. Verse 11. <coughs> verse 47, uh, 47 verse 11. 
Quaid says, but the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. So the swamps and the masses will not be healed by that living water. They will not become fresh. Now why do you think that is? Why would it stay like that? It's because it's because the Holy Spirit didn't flow there. Because why? They were not on the river bank. It was away from the rivers. So it became stale. The water didn't flow. There was nothing new. So it became stale. It stayed dead. And that's for us a warning is to keep our spiritual lives alive and fresh and vibrant. Allow the Holy Spirit continually to flow, to bring new, to bring fresh. If not, become stagnant, stale, and then die. To allow the Holy Spirit to flow in you and through you. Scriptures is actually very clear about this, this um, warnings. If we read Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13, I hear the papers turning. Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13. It says that sin will be rampant everywhere. So that was written then how about now today? Do you guys still think sin is rampant everywhere? Yes, no? Yes? I go for yes, it's still there. And then it says, and the love of many will grow cold. And the next verse, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So, verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The ones who endure, it's the one who's planted like the trees next to the river of life that gets that fresh water all the time. They connect it with God. They connect it with Holy Spirit. Those are the ones that will endure. If not, salty marsh. So, I want to ask you guys today, is the river of life, the Holy Spirit flowing through you? If you look at yourself now, like where you are with God, is the evidence of God and the working of His Holy Spirit within your life? And it's not just a feeling that you must have, it's, is it something visible? Can people around you see it in your life? Are you set apart that people know you are a child of God and the Holy Spirit is in you because of this, this, and this? Like, where are you at with the Holy Spirit flowing through you? And again, 
that bit that we wrote that the love of many will grow cold. And we can actually see that already, that there's a death um, of love for Jesus and people around us. That love and respect for him is just, it's out the door. He's just someone's God, whatever he is, for whoever. So that love and respect for him is out. And if we look around in a workplace, at home, taxis, wherever, is always a taxi thing. But the love for others, especially when they frustrate us and they irritate us, then they're out. Where is that love for others? And Scripture actually said that in these last days, you know, that will happen. Love for Jesus and love for others will grow cold. So we need to be there where we do not grow cold for our love for Jesus and our love for others because we are his children. And when that happens, you know, it, it leads to deception that enters church because if we don't love God, then we don't respect him, so we will allow anything in our lives because we don't respect what he has for us because we don't love him. So it allows this deception into our hearts. And if it affects us as individuals, it affects this church, because we make up this church. Amen. Amen? Next thing it does is it leads to a death of values and morals. And if we've watched the news these last few months, um, there's a lot of that happening around us. Um, next verse, 2 Peter 3, verse 3 to 4. I'm not sure if it's on there. 2 Peter 3, verse 3 to 4. Oh, we got it. Awesome. Verse 3. Most imp importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. Verse 4, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. What is a, 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 a scoffer? It's someone that mocks and makes fun of God. When that happens, and this is going to be a bit hard, this is going to be a bit hard. And, and when that happens, it leads to a death of expectancy. What do I mean by that? And I always, I always say this, um, I always ask our team, what do you expect today from God? What do you expect this last week from Him? What do you expect? What is your expect 
expectations of God because if we don't expect something, then why must he give something and why must we receive something? So we must always come with a expecting heart and expecting God to do something because he will and he wants. So it leads to the death of expectancy. So who here this morning came with an expectant heart to church? So we come to church just because, you know, it's a, it's a habit. It's because we are religious people, so we come to church. That's what we do because that's what we do. Is it because someone said I must come? Is it because if I'm not here, then those people will see I'm not here? So it's all trying to keep people happy, but not God. So why are we here? What do we expect from Jesus, not from people, from God. Because the hard thing is from this um, scripture in 2 Peter 3 is if we don't expect anything from God, it equals mocking God. Let that sink in just for a second. If we don't expect anything from him, it's just come to church and move because we come to church. It equals mocking God. And he doesn't like to get mocked. He wants to give us. He wants to, uh, we're his kids. There's so much that he wants to, to give to us, but we just need to, like, God, what do you want from me today? I'm expectant. Like, what do you want from me? Like, this is what I expect today from God. I expect him to, not for me today, I expect him to come and to touch each and everyone here today, not because that's what we think is in front here, like, this is, this is what he needs to do now. I really expect it because I know how much awesomeness it brings when he takes each and every one of us and for me as well, Marissa as well and he takes us closer to him closer to him, so I expect that because I see what happens when that happens, it's just amazing so I always come expectant to church Amen Amen, so mocking him leads to spiritual death and that's, and that also, it can also happen to churches. And that's those swamps and marshes that's next to the river. Because we don't expect the river to flow to us, through us. It's only for those people up there, the holy ones. So I'm just going to sit here and let them be holy. So if you don't expect the Holy Spirit to come in you and through you, why should he then? Come with an expectant heart so that your heart does not turn into a, a swamp or a marsh. So, so what does Ezekiel, Ezekiel try to explain with us in this vision? In the midst of all death and destruction and in these last days, he wants us to get our eyes off of death and not focus on death because why 
The river is rising. Holy Spirit is coming. It's bringing life. We should focus our eyes on where is the Holy Spirit moving and go and be there like a tree planted next to his river. Amen. That is the river of life. and Everything it touches is going to come to life. So last week, I think, I can't remember, last week, Wednesday, whenever it was, um, Essie sent me a picture. Um, it rained just about across the whole of Namibia, in the middle of the winter, in the middle of May. Now it can be just, oh, wow, that's random. Wow, nice rain. Or we can ask the Lord, Lord, what are you trying to show us that this random thing is happening in Namibia? Rains across the whole of the country. A little bit, but it rained. Like, what are you trying to speak to us today? What are you trying to, to say that, that you want to, yeah, what are you trying to, to speak to us? What do you, you need us to see? And I think that what the Lord wants us to know is that the river is rising. Holy Spirit is coming. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. We've got a prophetic word as well on, on, on our church that this church will be a church called the living word, but from this church, the Holy Spirit will flow mightily. It will flow mightily. So that's why we're always here and we always expect in God, are we ready? Are we there yet? Are you coming? Are we there? Are we in the stream? Yeah, no? Okay. Always expecting to be where the Holy Spirit is and not miss Him. Not to miss him because the river is rising and it's rising fast. Amen. Okay. Lastly, in a closing, um, the Holy Spirit wasn't forced to come to us. Like, yes. Jesus said, okay, I will send you a helper. But he didn't send the Holy Spirit by force. Okay. He, he came by his own free will to be our helper, our comforter, our life giver, power giver. He came willingly. The Holy Spirit came willingly. And the Holy Spirit is searching throughout His creation for a place to let His living water flow. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is looking for each and every one of us here. He's looking for you. He's like knocking on the heart of your door, your door of your heart. He's knocking because he wants to bring life to you. He wants to bring eternal life to you. He wants to bring life of abundance.
I just want you guys to close your eyes for the next few minutes and evaluate your walk, your involvement with the Holy Spirit in your life. It's time for each and everyone here today to make a stand, not to think about it, because you, you don't know what's happening after church. It's time that you take a stand now and choose how you're going to respond to the involvement of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's only yes a lot or no just a little bit or, or whatever. But there's not much actually of a choice. Like you're, you're either going to be where the living water flows or you're just going to stay on the edge in the swamps and the marshes. It's time for you to make a stand. And today is a good day to respond to that call, to respond to, to that knock on your heart. To respond. Like even if you're a believer but you've lived a little bit, how can I put it, on the, the, the sidelines, respond by recommitting your life and changing your ways and coming back and live the life that He wants you to live. And if you're not a believer yet, if you don't, like I said, yet, because it will come. If you're not a, a believer yet, and today the, the Holy Spirit is like knocking on your heart as well. Don't delay. There's no more time. The river is rising. The Holy Spirit is coming. He's knocking on your door. From that scriptures, there's five little things that I just quickly want to mention that we also see from this vision and prophecy is that number one is you can stay on the banks of the river and never get saved. So you live your life away from living waters, away from eternal life, and you stand there and you watch how God's goodness, God's grace and everything flows past you. Because we're talking now of water, I can say then you will most likely miss the boat. Well, number two is you can step into the water as Ezekiel did. You can step in ankle deep. That's like, okay, cool. I received Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. I received my salvation. But that's sort of where your whole life and your interaction with God stops. Because now I'm a Christian and that's enough but there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit within you 
your life can become stale very quickly. Number three is you can step in knee deep. It's like you're stepping out as much as you can, but you're not fully there yet. You're not baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit, with His power yet. His life isn't all on you yet. So there's a lot you can do, but it's, it's not there yet. There's no real fruit when you haven't been fully baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. And number four is waist deep. So you walk in a little bit more. You go and you stand waist deep. So what does that mean? Okay, you're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within you. And you've been baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. So His Spirit came upon you as well and empowered you. And maybe you've tasted some of that yet with healings, prophecies, whatever. You've tasted it once or twice, but you don't take the risk to step out more. And it stops there. Well, number five is... And this is what I expect for each and everyone here, is that you step out two kilometers in something, something to the middle of that mighty river so that you are fully immersed inside and with the Holy Spirit that He's totally in control, that there's nothing that you can say or do that has any, um, that, that, that can say that, that it's, from you so that the Holy Spirit is fully in control of every part of your life he's in charge so you, you got to look at those four or five things and see where are you at and are you going to make a choice today for living a full immersed life in the Holy Spirit and just flowing with these rivets like a, you're inside of a, a water slide. There's just no control. You just, Holy Spirit, take me. Jesus, take me. I'm fully yours. Or are you going to stand on the sides? The river, guys, is rising. Today is your day to make that choice. Do not get left behind. In Jeremiah 17, it says the following, verse 7 and 8, where it says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When you are planted by that river of living water, you can trust God. You can have faith and confidence in Him. You will be like a tree rooted by His rivers of water. So you'll be solid there you will feed of him you will have no fears of the heat not only will you survive times of 
drought, you will stay green and continue to bear fruit. So you will be a fruitful child of God. So I want to ask today, if the Holy Spirit nudged you or knocked on your heart today to recommit your life, so it's people that's already saved, but you feel like, "Mm, I don't really have committed my full life to Him. If He nudged you on your heart today to recommit your life to Him, I want you to raise your hand. Take that step of boldness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus yet, ever, and He nudged you on your heart today and He said, Hey, my child, come back home. Just come and receive me. Come and accept me as your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to ask you something big now. I'm going to ask a, 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 a bold step. Not just to raise your hand, but to stand up. And to come forward. If there's anyone here. If not, then we all rejoice. We are all saved. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to end up for us with a prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are, God. And thank you that you are God. Lord, I praise you because you are holy. And I thank you, Lord, that as we now saw today that you are present in each and every one of us here. Thank you that we can be called your children. Thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is within us. And, it, and, that, and, and thank you, Holy Spirit, yes, that you flow not just in us, but also through us, Lord God. And thank you, um, yes, Holy Spirit, that we might not know it, but it is because of you that guided us that we came to salvation. It's because of you that we are children of God. We thank you, Lord, that you opened our eyes to to the truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will continually flow in us and through us, Lord God, that, that that what is in us will not become stale and stagnant but that there is always life in us and life in abundance and that we are all set apart and that people can see that, Lord God. That people can see that you are the living God and that you live within each and every one of us. And 
And we pray, Lord, that you will always give us the wisdom, knowledge, and the strength to stay faithful in our walk with you. We thank you for the good fruits that you have in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you will keep on producing those fruits in our lives. That's love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We cannot live without these things in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Amen.